Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area. Find us online at insightfolios.com. Kevin's got an office in Pinconning, born and raised in the area, and has about three decades of experience helping people navigate to and through retirement. In fact, that's similar to the uh, name of his book that he co-authored, Navigating Through Retirement, which we'll tell you how you can pick up a copy of that later on in today's show. So stay tuned for that. Kevin, good to be with you this week. What's up in uh, your world, my friend? Really enjoying this fall weather, Walter. I mean, it's unusual. You getting outside a lot? Getting outside a lot. The sun's good. been up and watching you know, the sun come up in the morning. Of course, we're getting ready for the time change. Um, or, you know, all of those good things coming along and just really, really enjoying the weather. The leaves are down now, so the leaf peakers and me included in that, we're not doing that anymore, <laughs> but still going north. We're headed north this weekend um, after the show here, and we're going to have a little fun up Atlanta away for a while, and then we'll be coming home. Do you like the time change? Are, are you? Would you be a proponent of like the, just getting rid of this whole fall, fall back and spring forward and just leaving it the same all year round? I would. Just leave yeah. it the way it is now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, it gets daylight about, you know, sun comes up because I can see it over Saturday Bay about 8 o'clock in the morning. So uh, that's good with me because I hate the getting dark at 5 o'clock when they, mm-hmm. when they change it back. So, yep. Yeah, that's true. And I like the summers when it gets dark at 10 o'clock at night. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I, I like the change in seasons. I don't really, I, I just would rather it be, uh, you know, I, for, for folks, what annoys me is when you have one state or a couple of states or a couple of areas that don't observe any daylight savings time. Yeah, so then yeah. some of the year they're on, you know, uh, they're two hours behind you. Some day, some years there are some parts of the year, then they're three hours behind you. Yes. I'm looking at you, Arizona as being the <laughs> main culprit say, that's gotta here. be Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you work locally, I guess it's not a big deal, but you know, we're in more and more of a connected society, Kevin. And, uh, you know, I interview people from all over the country. And so it's just really, uh, annoying when you have to remember those little nuances about, you know, states like Arizona who, fall back and forward and uh, different from everybody else in terms of time relation. But Yeah, because that can really throw a wrench in your schedule. So, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because yeah. you're used to doing something at one time, now you got to push it back or ahead an hour because they flop back or ahead an hour. Right, but the person that might be occupying that other, you know, weekly recording slot then right. doesn't get moved around. But yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Anyway, it's my, per- my personal problem, I believe, but uh, it is what it is. Anyway, we won't bash Arizona too much on the show today, just a uh, little, little ribbing at those folks down there and their weird timekeeping habits. But I guess it's all relative. Um, well, you know what's fun about Arizona is, you know, I have a lot of clients who winter, winter there. So every year I get the calls. What's the weather like there? You know, and yeah. They're, and they're sending me pictures, you know. So, yeah, we can, we can give them a little jab here and there. We've got some friends of ours who are going down to do their first, uh, they're in their kind of first year or maybe entering their second year of retirement. And they are uh, going to do their first true snowbirding uh, trip to Arizona for like six or eight weeks or something like that. So, they're they're pretty excited to check all that out. So yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
Well, we've got a fun show today. We're going to be talking about uh, retirement planning coaches. What can we learn about retirement, retirement planning from some of the best coaches across different sports of all time? This will be a lot of fun. And I know you being a bit of a sports guy, this will be up uh, your alley, Kevin. We'll have some fun talking about that. We'll also talk about the seven deadly sins of retirement Ooh. planning. That'll be really good. Uh, and if we have time, we'll try and get into some mutual fun talk on today's show as well to get a little education on that front. Uh, but let's dive into some of this uh, coaching talk since we're kind of in the middle of football season basketball and hockey season are underway kevin now so you know sports world has really ramped up here and so i thought this would be an appropriate time to bring this up so i'll give you the quote and who said it and then uh, you let me know what's what's the retirement planning connection from some of these great quotes what can these other coaches teach us about finances and retirement ready we'll to go give it a whirl. yeah we'll give it a whirl give it a whirl here we go uh this first one comes from uh, chicago bears coach George Hallis said, nobody who ever gave his best regretted it. It's a wise statement, isn't it? That's a very wise statement, I think. You know, it's funny. I bought a stealth craft boat, um, and one of the guys that works there, they called him coach, and I started asking him why. Well, he was a defensive coach on the Chicago Bears. Um, so he's a very interesting guy. He loves English setters, by the way. I know I got off on that, but that brought it to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird little sidetrack, but all right, yeah, we'll roll uh, with it. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, well, how can we how can we correlate that? I've had lots of clients, you know, who've worked at what I would say, you know, is mediocre paying jobs. They, you know, they didn't make minimum wage, but they didn't, you know, make a, a real big wage. But over time, they've accumulated a lot of money. One person comes into mind. She worked at MB, MBD Bank when it was MBD before it went through all the, the you know the buyouts of the other banks. She started, I think she told me she was 21 or 22 years old, and she started saving $10 every two weeks. Now, over her career, she stayed at MBD Bank, and when she got a raise, she would also increase the amount that she put in her 401k contributions. So it's not hard, you know, to, you know, she when she looked back on life when we met her, she had well over a million dollars when I met her, I should say. And she went back and said, you know, I never regretted doing that. You know, my dad taught me that, and it was just a staple of what I did, and I made good decisions, and my, you know, her dad was her coach at the time. She just never regretted that, I mean, because it it got her to where she was. She was living comfortably. She didn't have to worry about anything else, and that's what she wanted to do. She saved money for her retirement, and she did a good job. She didn't spend it. She didn't, you know, we away from, you know, the 401 contributions. She increased it every single year. But even if it was percent, that's what she did. So I can give you an example of a person who didn't regret, you know, making good decisions along the way. That's perfect. And a great example of that quote put to good use. Uh, how about uh, Buffalo Bills coach Marv Levy said, adversity is an opportunity for heroism. Ooh. Where can we Marv be heroic Levy. in the financial world? Uh, yeah, and Marv Levy had his uh, had his opportunities. That's for sure. Yeah, poor poor Bills fans. Yeah, yeah, poor Bills fans. Paul, you know, Paul's a big Bills fan. Oh, so. is he? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, but, um, well, more to root for these days, and and maybe maybe they'll finally pull it off this year. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Yep. But how can we do that? Uh, you know, opportunity. So th- this is easy for me to correlate, especially true in investing when the market is down. Most people are afraid, and when people are afraid, Walter, what do they do? Uh, panic. Yeah, make emotional decisions, yep. right? And I can give you a really good example. Now, we talk every week about investments being a long-term play. We know that. You've heard it. Everybody knows that going in. But I had a 29-year-old come in the other day, and his account was down year-to-date. It was down about 18%. He was really nervous. 
And he says, geez, am I in the right accounts? You know, am I, am I doing the right things? So we went through his accounts and yeah, he was in a mostly 90% stocks, 10% bonds. And he's 20, 28 or 29 years old. I assured him that he was in, you know, doing the right thing. But I explained the opportunity that he, he was going, he's, he's seeing right now. And that opportunity was if, you know, if he made some adjustments inside his 401k, there was accounts that were down 20, 30, 40%. You know, so when you're, you're taking your contributions out of your 401k, you're putting, you're taking out of your paycheck rather, putting it into your 401k, you're buying those particular investments at a big discount, maybe 20, 30%. So I coached him into what he was doing and keep on doing it. That was my, that was my advice. Forget it, set it and forget it. Quit looking at, you know, this last 10 months. We got, you have 20, 30 years to go. Let's look at it this way. One day your older self is going to come back and thank your younger self. And you're going to be the hero of the story because you held true. You did the right thing. You didn't get nervous. You didn't make emotional decisions. You kept, just like the lady I told you before, kept investing into that 401k, into the IRA, whatever it is you're doing through the thick and thin. So you want to be the hero of your own story? Stick to a good plan and keep investing because it's a long-term decision. You're going to see, I told this 28, 29-year-old, you're going to see many ups and downs over your career. It's normal. It's not abnormal. It's happened for hundreds, you know, 100 plus years. So keep the faith. Keep doing what you're doing. Be the hero of your own story. So when you get older and you look back, you can say, geez, I made a great decision. I am the hero. I did what it took to, to get us here. And you're going to be a very happy person. If you want to be the hero of your own story, reach out to Kevin Ray by picking up the phone and give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. He can help coach you to and through retirement with proper planning strategies. 888-885-PLAN is the number. 888-885-7526 or go online to insightfolios.com. We're talking about retirement planning coaches, what famous sports coaches have to teach us about planning for retirement. We go to Phil Jackson, Chicago Bulls, and then uh, L.A. Lakers coach back in the day. Your problems never cease, he said. They just change. Mm, that's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I can tell you over the three decades of experience I have, like Walter likes to say, that when someone retires, it doesn't mean that all your problems are going to disappear. You know, you've been, you may, may be thinking about retirement for a long time, but when you get there, you're going to find that, you know, there's still going to be problems. You're going to get rid of the weekly schedule, getting up, you know, going in, dealing with traffic, you know, your bosses, your coworkers, all that other good stuff, yes, is going to be gone. But there are going to be other problems that I've noticed that come along. I've noticed over my career, if you don't have a purpose when you retire, you're, you're not going to feel fulfilled. What, what do I mean by that? You have to have something that you get up in the morning and you look forward to doing. It, you know, it fulfills your day. It fulfills, you know, your life. And I've noticed some people that, um, you know, there's somebody in town here that retired and they're miserable because that's, they really enjoyed working, but they were kind of forced out to, um, of the job and now they don't know what to do. They're just miserable. And he, he will tell you that he's just miserable. Find something before you retire that is going to fulfill you. Other things you're going to consider too, as we get older, we all know our health's going to, our health's going to change. We're all going to lose, you know, some of our peers. So I want think of people to think of it this way. And you come in my office and we sit down and we do the planning process. I think I say to them, think of this as an adventure with lots of opportunities and challenges because that's what's going to happen. There will be problems that we're going to have to solve. And then some of those problems, and they may create an opportunity you really never thought of. So be open-minded, you know, go in, go into, be, be fulfilled going into retirement, but don't think your problems are going to disappear because I can tell you, 
over the three decades of experience I have. They don't. They keep carrying on in just a different way. All right, we get to one of the best of all time over in the Oakland Raiders. John Madden said, the road to Easy Street goes through the sewer. I hadn't actually heard this one before. That That's a new one to me. That's a new one to me, too, but yeah. that's a John Madden quote, It right? sounds like a John Madden quote, for yeah. sure, yeah. I can, I can hear him right now going, oh, you know, Brett Favre, you know how he did that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. But what are we talking about? Yeah, you go about? over here, you got to go through the sewer, and you go to the easy street, and you go to the X over here, and you go to the sewer. Yeah, X's and O's are going all over the place, yeah. 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 So I think a lot of people are going through this right now. If we think about it, Walter, the, you know, the market has been down year to date, right? Uh, big time. Uh, big time. <laughs> 20, 30, 40%. Yep. You know, the other day I looked at the FANG stocks. You know, they were down 35% year to date. And I looked a couple of months ago, they were down 50% year to date. So, you know, people got caught up in that FANG stocks because last year they did good and this year you're in it. Well, you're, you're going through the sewer right now. You're going through tough times. Don't get caught up in looking at short term results, just like that 28 year old we're talking about. You know, if you're looking at just year to date, don't look at that because we're going to have many ups and downs. It's going to go. It's going to go that way. Last year, if you were in the market, I'm betting you were very happy because most everything did very good. This year, it's probably different. What am I getting back? Well, let's look back at the market over the last 20 years. There's been many ups and downs. Let's go back to 2000. Remember 2001, two and three. The S and P 500 was down about 45 percent. We had 2008. We had 2010 or 11. Excuse me. We had all these things that come along. But if you looked at it long term, you did the right thing. You kept, you know, persistently putting in money into your 401s and your IRAs. You did okay. You're okay on the other side of this. Like the great late or the late great Paul Harvey said, the only one that gets hurt on this ride is the people who jump off. So remember that by holding on through the sewers, how you're eventually going to make it to Easy Street. And we're going to go through many sewers in your working career, in your retirement career. This is where the planning process comes into place. You have to have a plan that adapts, just like John Madden. Half time, he's going he's gonna to adapt his game plan. Same thing here. When you retire, the second half of your life is going to start. We need to you know, start looking at and adapting to that portion. So Easy Street is going to go through the sewer many, many times because the market is going to go up and down. Don't get caught up looking at short term. Remember, it's long term and have your plan so it is it, you can adjust it through your lifetime and through your working career and your retirement. All right. Great points across the board there, Kevin. Let's slide in one more quote here to wrap up the segment. Uh, Chuck Knoll of the Pittsburgh Steelers from back in the day said, if you want to win, do the ordinary things better than anyone else does them day in and day out. Yep. Not now, not the sexiest of strategies, but a winning one. Yeah, it is. Now, Chuck Noll, when you said the Steelers, what picture came into your mind? Uh, the with the Iron Curtain. Well, I well, the toothless. Um, oh, that's all came <laughs> oh, in. That's right. Came, okay. came yeah. into mind with me when you said that. There you go. I, you always see that. But let's take a look at the most successful people that are out there. Let's look at Warren Buffett or anybody like that. Did they come into their wealth with a really big inheritance? And most of them, no. They got there by being what I call really, really boring. How did they do that? Well, they started saving. They started saving a percentage. And they did it for many years. And more importantly, they were consistent. They had a game plan. We're talking about coaches here. Their game plan was to start investing, start young, increase how much you could every year, and stick to that plan. Other than winning a lottery ticket, there is no get rich, you know, overnight scheme that's going to get you there. I know it sounds like it out there. There's, you know, the, the all the other things that come along that catch headlines make you want to get involved in that. 
But Chuck, no, the ordinary things, you do it better than anybody else did. And those are, from the 30 years I've been uh, working with people, be consistent. Don't get emotional. It's a long-term investment. Treat it as that. And then make adjustments as you go along. And you should be fine. And the key there is make adjustments. Have an advisor that can make adjustments for you. Have an advisor that you get involved with that's educational and that you understand how everything's put together, incomes being generated, those types of things, and adapt as you go. And how do you adapt? Well, you have reviews with that advisor. You go into the office and you make sure that everything's still on track. That's the best advice I can give somebody um, about doing ordinary things because I've seen lots of people in my career doing ordinary things accumulate great wealth. By the way, by the Iron Curtain, I did not mean the uh, World War II term, but rather the Steel Curtain. The Steel Curtain. The Steeler. I knew what you, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, hold on, that didn't sound right. Let me go back and look. Uh, yeah, Steel Curtain. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, mean, very good. J- mean Joe. Mean Joe. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, love it. Well, there you go. Great quotes. Uh, really enjoyed that one. And a few quotes I hadn't heard before either. So this is pretty neat. Uh, if you want help with your financial plan, it's so important to get good guidance, good conversations with your planner, good direction, a good understanding of what your current plan is doing for you, where maybe it's insufficient, how you need to improve. You can check out what it's like to work with Kevin Ray by getting in touch today. Call him at 888 888- 885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or go online to insightfolios.com. But again, that easiest way to get in touch is to give Kevin a call at 888-885-7526. Hey, stay there. More come on today's show. We're going to talk about the seven deadly sins of retirement planning coming up on today's show and uh, much more around the corner. So stay tuned. This is Simply Financial. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Back on Simply Financial, I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri-City area. Find us online at insightfolios.com. If you also want to pick up the Retirement Rescue Toolkit that Kevin has created, you can pick that up by texting the word KIT to the number 33222. Again, this is a free toolkit that's packed with all sorts of good information about retirement planning, a couple of books, special reports. You can learn about saving money on taxes, proper income planning, and general retirement preparation. Uh, Kevin usually packs a couple of other goodies in there as well. It's always changing. If you want to pick up your own retirement rescue toolkit, kind of dip your toe in those retirement planning waters or get a good start to the process, reach out to Kevin again by texting the word KIT to the number 33222 and follow the quick instructions that we text back to you. If you don't have a smartphone, you can also call and request that toolkit at 888-885-PLAN. 888-885-PLAN. Call instead and you can still get your hands on a free retirement rescue toolkit. Well, Kevin, let's talk about the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. You know, we should avoid these in our personal life, of course, but we're going to talk about why you should avoid them in your financial life and where they tend to pop up as well. You ready for this one? Let's give this a whirl. All right. First on the list is pride. Pride. Where do we see pride entering the financial conversation? Oh, now I can. T- a story comes to mind right now. We had a, a couple came in, husband and wife, and the husband. I guess you call it pride, but he didn't think he needed any help on anything he did, and he thought that he knew everything that there was to do about investing. So I couldn't even get to the point where we could build a plan, for example, because he just thought the, you know, the plan we're going to put together is kind of useless. But his wife insisted that we do this. So we, we put the plan together, and a long story, let's make it short, was that he was totally 
out of whack, meaning that he wasn't anywhere near where he thought he was going to be. So don't let pride keep you from taking advantages of opportunities like this. You know, we are not, you know, we're all not good at everything we do. And then this person comes to mind, I think, thought that he was good at everything that he did. And thank goodness for the wife that the wife, you know, stood up and said, we're going to do this. And we uncovered big debt. We uncovered lots of stuff that needed to be taken care of before that. So if you know, there's a saying out there. I can't remember who it came from. Maybe Paul. Maybe somebody else. But pride can make you weak. Vulnerability can make you strong because there's opportunities. If you're vulnerable, mm. you can learn, right? Wow. Yeah, um, and that stuck with me for all these for for quite a few years. But so pride. Don't let pride get in your way of making smart financial decisions because more often than not, I think it's going to ma- keep you from making smart financial decisions. And remember, we always say this, I don't know how many times we've said it, Walter, but smart financial decisions are going to impact the quality of your life now, today, and in retirement. So make sure you do those smart financial decisions and be vulnerable, you know, be open to other things and be open to maybe learning, being educated, and you may walk away a stronger person. Vulnerability, humility, uh, all good traits in the financial planning realm. Uh, Try to shake some of that pride off a little bit. That's great. What about envy as we move to another deadly sin of retirement planning? Well, envy can be, you know, I can tell you a story, um, another client's story. You know, they ended up moving from Michigan to uh, Florida. And her sister, now this is a husband and wife, but the, the, the wife's sister, let's say she's done a lot better than, than the person I'm talking about. And they had to move in the same neighborhood that they were, and they had to have, you know, lots of the same things, you know, the cars, the fashion, going to the same type restaurants, all those types of things. So when they came in and we sat down and we started doing the planning, well, they're going to sell their house here where they were at in Michigan, and then we're going to buy the house down there. And when we sat down and we did the plan, it was you know kind of like on the same terms what they're living here. They're, you know, they're going to live in an ordinary neighborhood. They weren't going to live in a high-end neighborhood. They weren't going to you know do all the other types of things. But by the time they got down there, well, they had to have the things like the sister did. They had to have the high-dollar furniture and the cars and all those other types of things. Totally destroyed their plan. And we had that conversation. You know, you, you can't go down this road because somewhere down the road you're going to pay for it. And the envy kind of overtook the sister until, you know, there was a point where we did the planning and I showed them, you're going to run, you're probably going to run out of money, not that far down the road because you can't sustain the income that you need on an everyday basis by taking big chunks of your money out to keep up with your sister. So that planning process came back around and it kind of grounded her to the, to the point well, they did They did um, make some adjustments, and this was probably 10 years ago they moved down there, and I can tell you today they're still in good shape. But had they kept going down that road, had they wanted to kept keeping up with the sister, there would have been a different story. So envy can be you know, the end-all, do-all of a plan, and that's just one example I can try to think of that you know, where it could have, been, could have had that um, situation happen. It's a great example, Kevin. Pride and envy, the first two seven deadly sins of retirement planning. What about wrath? People get Ooh. people have experience a lot of wrath in their retirement plans? So I'm feeling like preacher Kevin today. Yeah, go uh, for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, yeah. So wrath. Well, we all know wrath is what? It's it's an emotion that we go through. When people are, are mad or they, they're in wrath, they have, they're full of anger, you're going to make the emotional decisions. And Walter, do you know anybody that was really, really angry and made a good decision when they were angry really angry but made a good decision probably not probably not right Mm -hmm. 
So what's it? What's an example of you know that that I can think of when people come in and wrath maybe it hurt them. Well, maybe your boss irritated you this day and you just simply quit your job because you couldn't take it no more. And now you have to live off savings. Now you got to look for another job. And what does that create? Well, that creates a lot of stress. It is plain and simple. You know, I've, you know, had a couple of people who've quit their job over the years and eventually it works out for them. But in the turmoil that it creates, just simply because you lost your temper, you know, you were in wrath at, at that time and you're no longer going to, you know, take your working environment, you're going to play that Johnny Paycheck song, take this job and shove it and live like that. Normally it doesn't work out. So make non-emotional decisions. Try not to let wrath get into your way because it can cloud your judgment. And it's going to, you know, it, more times than not, it's not going to work out. So I, you know, can't think of anybody personally who's done that, but I've heard of people who's done that. And that's kind of an example there too. Great points, Kevin, so far. Pride, envy, wrath in the books already. If you've got questions about something we talk about on the show today, by the way, feel free to reach out to Kevin. It's that same number that you can call to get a retirement rescue toolkit, 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin's there to answer your questions about money, your portfolio, but also some of these behavioral things, right? If you're if you're suffering from maybe some envy or pride and you, and you know it's hurting your financial plan, and that's the element that you need help with. Uh, Kevin can help you out on that side too. I mean, part of this uh, whole planning process is psychological, just as it is, you know, about the dollars. So keep that in mind as we go through this segment of the show where we're talking about these seven deadly sins of retirement planning. Triple eight 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 five plan. Again, that number to call to get in touch or online at insightfolios. Dot com. All right, this next one, I guess, seems a little obvious, Kevin, but it can manifest in many ways, I would imagine. Uh, greed in the financial world, another deadly sin. Oh, greed. Uh, yeah, that's what, what do you think when I when you said the word greed, Walter, what comes to mind? Well, I think like you, you've you've made you've had earnings and but you want more. And so you take maybe more and more risk or you don't lock those things in, you know, those kinds of things. You just you, you never have enough, something like that. Exactly. So greed's going to come about, you know, when somebody's always chasing the latest, greatest stock market investment, you know, when a couple of people are coming to mind now. So crypto, let's use crypto as an example, right? So by the time you heard about crypto, Walter, do you think it was too late to get in or... Well, streamer. The, the, the benefit of hindsight, by the time I was thinking of uh, getting into the crypto game, yeah, I would have bought at the top and I'd be I'd be hurting right now if I had done so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so don't let greed. Consistency. We talked about that in an earlier thing. Consistent, everyday, boring investments. You know, you can chase greed a little bit if you want, but only with the money you can afford to lose is what I tell people. So if you want to get involved in crypto, gold, silver, whatever it is, you know, and if there's a part of you that just has to do it, I say just, you know, more, no more than 5% of your portfolio because if you lose it, it's typically not going to, to hurt you. Don't chase the everyday things that are on the, on the everyday news because by the time you typically hear about it, it's too late. So we had one fella come in. He was hot on the, on the you know, hot to get into crypto and Bitcoin to be more exact. He wanted to take half of his portfolio, which would have been about $500,000, and put it in there. I said, you can do that. I'm not going to do it for you. And why did he want to do that? Because the news overwhelmed him. Everybody's making millions of dollars, you know, so-called. And he's going to make an emotional decision because he's all hyped up. And a long story short, he didn't do it. And then, you know, Elon Musk took crypto off or Bitcoin off the way he sold Teslas. And a couple other things fell down. And now if we look at Bitcoin, it's way, way down there from its high. And he did call me up and thank me for talking him off the edge there and, and talking, you know, some 
let's be consistent. You know, let's if you're going to do it, do it more than 5%. Let's go back to the boring investments and let's just look long term. So don't let greed get in your way, you know, either. Yep, that's a big one. And then we have sloth. What about sloth in the financial world? Don't see this one. Uh, this one doesn't seem as obvious, at least, to what the danger is. Well, procrastination. We talk about this all the time. You know, if you're, you're you, you ever seen a sloth on uh, Discovery Channel? Or anything I like love that? them. They're so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they move very, very slow. <laughs> very, very slow, right? So laziness. You know, I don't say I think a, a, a sloth is lazy, but it kind of reminds you of that trading investment. We, you know, sometimes we'll call it. Um, you, know, you got money sitting in the bank and it's not doing anything. What do we call that, Walter? Lazy money. Right? Yeah, it's not doing it's not doing anything. And the reason that you have it in the bank is because you kind of maybe have that soft like you know sloth like mentality. You're moving slow. You have to maybe an, analyze it, or you're just not into you know making adjustments and making moves. That can hurt you in the long term. So let's just take a current example today how that could hurt you. If you had lazy money sitting in the bank. Let's say at $100,000, and you're lucky if you get, what, one-tenth of 1% still? Right. But on the other hand, you know, there are guaranteed rates out there in annuities, five-year annuities, three-year annuities that are 4 or 5%. That's four or $5,000 difference than what you're currently earning. And over time, that adds up. So if, you know, don't let, you know, the, I don't want to call it laziness, but don't let that trait get involved in your investing because it can really slow your progression down to getting you to retirement. And it can really slow your progression down in retirement because you didn't, you know, have enough assets or you, you quite didn't get there because you just you just didn't act quick enough. Don't do that. Good points, Kevin. All right, so that's uh, sloth. What about gluttony in retirement? This one strikes me similar to maybe the greed side. Yeah. So I can kind of give you an example. So gluttony is kind of like greed, but it is and it isn't. What are we talking about here? Well, I have a DTE energy guy that worked for DTE for 30 some years. And at one point he had the majority of his money sitting in that stock. And the same thing goes to a couple of Dow guys I'm thinking about. Everything in one company, we know don't go down that road. We know we have all heard of Enron and all those other kind of uh, companies that went bankrupt. So don't get caught in one particular stock or one type of investment uh, that you're going down. It's tempting to binge on it. You know, we've all been watched, you know, things and I know how easy it is to get going on that. But don't end up with one investment. You have to have diversification. We know that. Everybody's heard that for their entire working career and for their entire career in retirement. Don't get caught with lack of diversification. Because what does diversification do? When the market goes down, it lessens the impact. And then one investment always doesn't lead to PAC. So if you're involved in just one stock, one investment, it you know, it doesn't lead to pack year in, year out. By being diversified, you're going to smooth that ride out. You're going to smooth that roller coaster ride out. And during the long term, you should have a better return because you're going to have bits and pieces of all those investments going forward. And it's going to even that ride out. All right. We're getting down to the last one here. And this is uh, lust. We've been talking about the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. The last one is lust. Kevin, where does that one pop up in retirement planning? Well, lust comes down to, for me, I think it's going to be make sure your goals are realistic. Don't lust after the things you can achieve because what good is it going to do? You might you might end up taking too much risk trying to get there. And if you're later in life, say you're 55, you're 60 or, or whatever age it is later on in life, and you try to take too much risk because you just want to have that. Well, we all know what could happen. You could, you know, you could suffer. You could have maybe go back to work during your retirement. Don't do those types of things. When you're getting that 
to that age, you need to create a plan based on your income needs. We talk about this year in and year out. Your net worth is nice, but income is more important. When you retire, income is going to be king. So how do you take what you've accumulated, your net worth over your working career, and how do you turn that into income, your needs, because you're going to need income going to and through retirement so you don't run out of money? That's more critical to me than gathering you know, as much net worth as you can. Um, so how do you do that? Now you sit down with, the, with an advisor and you put a plan together and you get educated. And we talk about education all the time. You get educated how you're going to take what you've accumulated up until this point and you turn it in income. So if the market goes up, the market goes down, the market stays sideways, your income is not going to be hurt. Your income is going to be there. Because if your income is going to be hurt and you're in the, you know, the realm of trying to get too much net worth and you're taking too much risk, it could, you know, implode. Everything could just implode and you're going to be stuck working a part-time job somewhere in retirement. And nobody wants to do that. So try not to do that. Try to go after, you know, your needs versus what you want. And when you when you engineer things that way, and most of the time you're going to turn out a whole lot better. Great points, Kevin, across the board today. That's the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. And again, if you're having trouble keeping these things in perspective, if you're having trouble with any of those deadly sins, if they're invasive in your retirement plan, well, take action. Pick up the phone. Give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. Talk about your financial life, what you want to do moving forward, and what your goals are. And then Kevin can talk to you about how to accomplish those things, because that's what it's all about, making sure that you have a plan in place that can achieve those goals, put you in the right direction. Give Kevin a call again. Pick up the phone at 888-885-PLAN. Let him know that you'd like to meet or talk or ask a couple of questions, and you can set up that time to visit. 888-885-PLAN. You can meet in the office in Pinconning or remotely if you prefer as well. 888-885-PLAN. One more time, that number to dial. Or go online to insightfolios.com. More to come on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial. Stay tuned. What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. Well, that's what we thought. Here on Simply Financial, each week we take a sidestep from all the financial stuff to just have a little fun. And I have a question of the week for Kevin each time. This week, Kevin, your getting to know you question is, what do you think makes someone a good person? What's your definition of just a good person? A good person, huh? Yeah. Well, I think, number one, they have to have you know brought up with good morals, mm-hmm. respect, you know, they have uh, to have been brought up that way. They can't. They can't have been a. Well, I think that's a, that, that's a big indicator, right? I mean, you can always change, but I think it starts there. I just pick it on you, like, oh, you're a good per- you, you seem like a good person now, but uh, you know that you'll never outlive your past. Sorry, bud. You're, yeah, yeah. We all we've all heard about people who made changes. No, right? no forgiveness in Kevin's yeah, world. No, yeah. you, you made mistakes when you were younger. You're out of here. I'm just but picking maybe, on you. Yeah. But, you know, I think you you can typically tell a good person. I by, see what you know, you're getting at, yeah. The empathy, you know, and their, their mm-hmm. respect of other decisions, other people. You know, their, you know, the way they act around other people and they don't think eyes are on them and those, those types of things. I think that's uh, a good indicator. What about you? That's kind of a tough question. It is, yeah. I mean, you could obviously, you know, take it in 18 different directions, I think, um, or even more than that, I would imagine. Um, I, I guess I, I would say uh, about, if I had to pick one, it would be a battle between kindness, because I feel like that encapsulates a lot of other good qualities, um, or, or any signs of selflessness, I would say. Yes, know. selflessness is a big one. If people show regular selflessness, then, you know, they can't be so bad, so... Yeah. 
yeah, I'd say some some mix of kindness and selflessness, and uh, combine those two things together, and they're they're pretty closely related, I'd say. But uh, yeah, it's a winning combo. Pretty similar to to what you uh, your takeaway would be. It sounds yeah. like. So. Well, I can tell you a little story here if we got yeah, time. Yeah, please. Um, when I first moved into the house where I'm at now, there was a, a little old lady who lived right next door. I drove by her every day. And I was told by the other neighbors, don't go in there. She had four acres, and she kept it pristine. Flowers, everything going on. And don't go in her yard because she's you know, she's not a nice person. You know, and mm. I heard all the stories, and I waved at her every day for about three or four years, and she would never wave back. So I started to believe the stories. You know, she's not a nice person. Well, she was 80-some years old. We had a big snowstorm. I see her out there shoveling her driveway. So I just walked down one day, and I, I said, let me snow blow you out. So I did it from that point forward. But from that point forward, I got cookies at Christmas. I got asparagus in the spring. I got all, and she became a really good friend. Oh, nice. And it was just from, you know, her her being focused on what she did. She, If you had to know her after that, she's focused on what she did. She zoned everything else out, up around her. So she, I don't think she really seen me wave all that often. And once you got to know her, she was a really good person because she just went out of her way to do things for you, not of her way to say hi and all these other things. So that was, you know, that's a really good example of a good person, you know, who, who I didn't think was at first because of all the stories I heard and all the other things, but she was a sweetheart. Uh, another uh, lesson to not judge that book by its cover, right? Exactly, exactly. Love it. Thanks for sharing that story with us. That's a good one. Uh, hey, more coming up on today's show. We have to run real quick and get on to one of your questions before we wrap up the show this week. You're listening to Simply Financial. Stay tuned. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Almost done for the week, but before we go, you know we always like to end the show with a listener question. This one comes to us from Woody. By the way, if you want to submit a question, you can email Kevin, kevin at insightfolios.com. Woody says, Kevin, I just discovered an old IRA that I'd forgotten that I even had. It's only about $15,000, so I'm thinking I'll just cash it out unless you have a better idea. Well, Woody, that's a, that's a question we get more often than you would think. So depending on your age, if you're under the age of 59 and a half, then we got some consequences we have to look at. So first of all, if you take that $15,000 out, you're under the age of 59 and a half, 10% penalty from the IRS. So that's $1,500 lost right off the bat. And depending on what your income bracket is, you owe state tax on it and you owe federal tax on it too. So it's very easily to wipe out 30 to 40% of that 15,000. Now on the other hand, let's look at it on the flip side. Let's say you're only 40 years old, and if you cash that 15,000 in now, yeah, you'd have the cash in the hand, sounds nice, but if we look down the road, you're 40 years old, you got 20, 25 years to go before you retire, you're losing all that growth on that $15,000. So in most cases, if you come into my office, unless you absolutely positively need that money for tax reasons and for purchasing power reasons and for that $15,000 could grow to down the road, I'm typically gonna say, let's think about it, let's look about it, and let's 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 analyze what that 15,000 could be. Let's analyze how much income that could produce, you know, 20 years down the road. 
those types of ideas. So typically, you know, I want to look at it from that standpoint. How do we do that? You come in, we'll look at it from that standpoint. We'll put the plan together and I'll show you exactly what that 15 grand could turn into. And we'll have a much better tax plan put together if you want to take the 15,000 out somewhere in the future. Taxes will eat you up right now in most cases. Don't go down that road without making an informed decision. Remember, we say it every year. Smart, def, smart financial decisions are going to impact the quality of your life. And this is just a good example. You want to make a smart financial decision about this fifteen grand because it will impact the quality of your life one way or the other going down the road. Get in touch with Kevin Ray and set up that time to meet for a complimentary financial review and get a financial plan in place. It all starts with a simple phone call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin's your financial coach, office in Pinconning. You can meet in person or online over Zoom if you prefer. Just pick up the phone, give a call, and start that conversation about your financial future. 888-885-PLAN. Call that number, 888 888- 885-7526. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll talk to everybody next time right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.